When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I I can't imagine how they arrived at the version of doing it the way I don't know why we're having this conversation. We can't talk. We can't say the name. Like as much as I don't like what they do, I don't want to. You can't put beep it all in post. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you're gonna have to bleep it out, Allie. So every time we say. Just just leave people to wonder uh, what we could possibly be talking about. Tyler, feels like you got to turn in here. Yeah, sure. All right. So Jonnet catches Metatron sort of like turn and like aim for them. And I think he's kind of doing the math on his like, all right, this is a, this could be crazy. This could be a hard uh, thing to thread to uh, needle to thread. And so he's going to grab his Kasari Gama and then he's going to, reverse the the uh, the way in which he's holding it so uh i'd say that there's probably like a small a b- bit of like metal bar before you get to the sickle side of mm-hmm. the kasari gama he's going to grab that bar and instead with like the hilt he's going to throw the hilt out to uh to nodos to be like catch this to try and like grab it and then like pull them well, in i will say kasari gamas do have two sides and one of them doesn't have a blade on it okay. it's just <laughs> yeah, a I know. Mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah okay. but i don't want to i don't want to throw the sickle side at nodos and uh metatron <laughs> so he's going no, to okay. grab the the sickle side he's a martyr He's like, gotcha, 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 <laughs> gotcha. Okay, okay. He's on yeah. purpose. So uh, nothing else, he's just going to bonk him. Yeah, that feels like that is either prowess or finesse, whichever you would prefer. Well, you know, I've got more finesse than I've got uh, prowess. Oh, wait, no, no, we're going all of prowess. Hang on, I just saw the, no. Yeah, I'm going to give four, four counts of prowess and uh, we're going to shoot this shot. So that's a, those are D8s, right? Yeah. All right, so I've got three, and then those get upgraded to 12? Yes. Okay. Dope. Damn, John has got a lot of fucking prowess. Holy mm. shit. Prowess? Am I, am I, I, I don't, am I overskilled? No, I don't. You are the strongest I boy. I don't think you're overskilled. Um, oh, okay. You, you just put a lot of prowess instead of intellect, which I think is interesting yeah. <laughs> based on John's yeah. character. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm remembering the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so all? then 
<laughs> so that is a, these are all on uh, 12s, but we've got a 5, a 2, and an 11. Okay. Damn. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so you got three opportunities out of this. You also got two successes out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. This, or actually, it's only two opportunities, excuse me, because one does cancel out uh, uh, the uh, complication that I rolled. Um, this is really successful. I, I think everything comes together. Like the winds are strong. So you really have to shoot this chain out at, at like a high speed. I, I think in John, in like swinging uh, the weight to prepare for this, like you can feel just how strong the wind is and just how much you have to like gather momentum in order to get it to shoot forward at all. And like the danger here is like the links of the chain getting caught like mid throw and just falling short. So perhaps there is even like a moment where like Jonnet's eye, like the magic of Jonnet's eye pulses and we can see like the light cascade down his arm into his swing. It's very Gears of War when you're trying to like throw a frag grenade (laughs) and you just see the line. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that line just like extending out farther and farther until like you you reach a point where it like holds and like it sails through the air and the wind really does come at it. Like you can see partway through the throw, the the ways the like chain is starting to become slack because of how hard the wind is hitting it. Um, but Noto's lunges forward in the saddle and grabs hold. Uh, I think he actually like has to basically climb out of the saddle and like lash uh, the like safety line around one arm so that he could like jump off the bird and grab John its throw. But he has you secure now. Like he starts to climb himself back onto the bird as uh, Metatron banks to fly another circle around your group. And you have a secure line to Metatron as long as the captain can hold you and Nodos can like hold that chain and Jonnet can hold that chain. You should be able to be pulled to safety by Metatron. This there are so many failure points in this chain. Mm-hmm. Um uh so yeah, I think as as he's throwing it, uh he like you know, gestures to the captain is like hang on tight. Uh and so he throws it. And then I think in Nodo's grabbing it, there's like a very much like a jerking forward um of like and so I think that sort of tests the captain's grip, which I assume mm. holds, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> well, there are definitely opportunities to go around. So I kind of think that, yeah, the captain's grip does hold as like Gable, who, you know, being such a physically powerful being, you you might expect would be part of of this effort to pull people together but gable has to concentrate their magical power to keep the captain aloft it takes a lot to channel power into this fire to make Mm -hmm. uh the heat strong enough to keep them all like buoyant uh in the air which is a great opportunity for us to cut back over to the uhuru because 
we have an effort to load up peat onto the ship that will give you enough peat to make your journey easier than it would be without that peat. Uh, but we also have a, a furnace that needs to be lit in order for the Uhuru to truly take flight. Mm -hmm. And not enough attention has been paid to the furnace. And also, our main crew is now out of threat from the cutting stone. The cutting mm -hmm. stone's on the ground. Jonnet, Gable, and the captain are in the air. So there's not danger there. However, oh, cool. the crew members who are outside of the ship and the crew members who are aboard the deck, they face the wrath of the stone. Mm. So I'm actually going to start with the cutting stone mm. rolling against the Uhuru crew. And there is one damage that will go towards the Uhuru. Okay. And I roll on the death chart a 26. Oh, that's... Mm. That is within range. The result that I roll uh -huh. is for a character whom I do not remember, <laughs> but based on their description, I am forced to believe I roll Ethan Hawk, who hmm. is, and I quote, a hawk researching the role of being a human. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't remember the vibe, but what? hell yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's the only response. Twenty six. Like, yeah, like, that's sure. Pretty high. <laughs> you know board? what? I'm into this. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, a couple things have to occur now. Please set the scene of Ethan Hawke being attacked. Is Ethan Hawke dead? <laughs> oh yeah, Ethan Hawke had zero hit points. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> Killed a where where is Ethan Hawke when Ethan Hawke is being attacked? Please do tell. <laughs> the only thing that I can picture Ethan Hawke like doing mm. in this situation is <gasps> being on the top of the deck, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. there's no way Ethan Hawke is like part of the effort to haul things onto the ship. Sure, I think. Ethan Hawke, in this circumstance, really the best thing that he could hope to do is be working one of the lights aboard uh -huh. the ship. Because, mm. like, you need to light the top deck. It's dark. It's storming right now. There are these headlights on the ship, which, you know, they use for guidance and whatnot. So he's, like, turned one of those lights, and he does have the power with his little beaks and wings and whatnot <laughs> to, to move the light around. But he is you know wearing a coat he's wearing like an oil skin coat because he's researching the role of being a human pirate yeah. for an upcoming oh, stage production um, and I'm going to establish that Ethan Hawke does have like a little mustache like attached to his beak he does he takes this seriously you know he it's eats. blowing in the wind <laughs> And, you know, because this is the death of this character, we are going to flash back to some of his major moments. Yeah. Uh, we can see him in the mess hall uh, eating a bowl of soup mm -hmm. using a spoon. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's gripping it in his little talon and, like, bringing it up because he insists to eat the way humans eat. Mm -hmm. um, we can see uh, uh, Ethan Hawke uh, having a 
what looks like a, a tender and almost romantic moment with another crew member aboard the ship because he insists to learn uh, to love the way humans love yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in preparation for his role. Um, we also see uh, Ethan struggling to sleep in a hammock because he insisted that he must sleep the way a human sleeps. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is not a comfortable roost the way he is used to. He's like flopped back um, and it's difficult. But he is towards the edge of the ship. Um, and Nathan, it did sound like you wanted to describe something about this. So I can turn <laughs> the, the narrative power over to you. There are... Moment. Two abilities I'd like to invoke in a row. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, one, I would love to spend a point of presence uh, for dramatic entrance to appear in a scene that I'm not in. Uh, so, What a useful fucking ability that is. Please don't leave. Please don't. We've <laughs> dropped to the ground. Oh, yeah. Please Based on what is happening right now, I think this will create some problems. But I will allow it. I mean, it I, 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 we we can I can have a uh, 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 like up in the air. We're in the human chain of uh, Jonnet, myself, and then Gable and Oromar. Oh yeah, I'm realizing your soul doesn't necessarily need to be a part of that whole. Okay, thing. Uh, uh, let let it rock. Hit me out. Hit me out. Hit me out. Let him cook. Let him we, cook. We uh, I with the free with the hand holding on to Gable hoist them upwards flinging them up towards so they can actually grab onto uh the bird themselves and uh oromar lets go and i think that solves too many problems i'm gonna really? say that okay. solves too many pro- because that, that would be an action like to right. get uh gable and john into a safe position aboard the bird but I would. I, I mean, I would love. Soul? I would love to ride a kick a dude out the air, uh, unexpectedly saving a member of my crew. But if that won't fire right now, then that's fine. We'll let it go. What here's here's what I, here's what I I'm going to meet you halfway on this, Nathan. Um, Oromar could leave the body to hold uh, Gable and uh, Jonnet. Like that, I feel is solid because right now the body is being held aloft by the feather mm. weave. Gable is maintaining that feather weave in the air. All Oromar's body has to do is hold on tight to Gable and Jonnet, yeah. which doesn't require too much attention demanded from Oromar. So you could have your soul, the mm. little, the little uh, 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 samurai. Well, I'm trying to remember the name of that uh, comic. The, the um, shaman king looking orb. Yeah, the, the shaman yeah. king oh, yeah, yeah. Oromar soul ball mm-hmm. could rocket forth from Oromar <laughs> towards the Uhuru. Uh, sure, like s- uh, wanting because it's like I, there's I'm doing as much as I can here, mm-hmm. uh, and there is more to oversee. I will definitely allow you to enter this scene, and as a spirit, you would be able to attack the cutting stone yes um, because the second ability i would want to invoke we don't have a name for it but with a reputation spend i can leap in the way of a a death chart roll that's nearby so (laughs) by placing myself in the scene and next to this attack to about to occur the soul of oromar vale rider kicks whatever uh (laughs) cutting stone spirit is about to rend the life of ethan hawk yes 
So we can see the steely silver knife of the cutting stone behind Ethan Hawke, who is, you know, (laughs) extremely invested in the scene. We can see Mm -hmm. this is an incredibly emotive face for a hawk. Like Mm. you can tell why Ethan got the job uh, and that Ethan takes his job seriously. Mm -hmm. He is like, you can see that the hawk eyes are just full of concern and intensity. Uh, as he is watching the scene around the furnace unfold, and he does not see the knife behind him. I will say, Nathan, what this ability is doing, this is not you pushing the cutting stone out of the way. Mm. This is you jumping in the way of the blow. This is Oromar like... Please describe Oromar stopping this knife from cutting down this bird. Yeah, I... uh... I think we see the ball of soul move with this kind of squash and stretch. It's speeding towards the, the cutting stone extending out. And then as the, the knife of the cutting stone is about to go and make the swing, the, or the, the, the soul comes in contact and there's a big flash of like neon sea green. And as the flash recedes, it is like a, uh, a spiritual duplicate having kind of taken on the form of the captain uh, as the... We're going to catch it in the teeth. Proper pirate yes! style. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like here, th- this amazing thing, like I think there are only certain members of the crew that can even see that this is happening. Ethan Hawke would be one of them mm. if he was not so like completely focused on the scene and his work mm-hmm. immersed in the job. But yeah, you have saved Ethan Hawke's life. Ethan Hawke, who had zero hit points, does not lose those hit points from the Uhuru <laughs> death chart. Role, Hell yeah. Uh, because of that chain of abilities that you created for Oromar. Hell I yeah. love to spend love two it. stat points to save it. Nobody <laughs> to yeah. save, to save a again. I can to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> researching the role of being a human. This is the sort of thing that really changes an actor's life. Mm -hmm. Makes them really... Uh, (laughs) Echoing spiritually in the air of Ethan Hawke, the human soul is indomitable. (laughs) 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 Uh, How much damage do I take from taking a hit on the death chart instead of a person? Yeah, uh, I am going to say... Well, well, it's going to be four damage. Okay. Where uh, do we list our damage? Interesting. So a point on the de- so so you know the the audience at home who are doing the math. Uh, uh, one HP of the crew is equal, roughly, to four vitality of us. That's good to know. Well, uh, this is yeah. in this situation. Fair enough. This is Fair enough. Uh, with. With what uh, the cutting stone, how those attacks work. Damage. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, so we're we're now aboard the the Uhuru itself. Uh, there around the furnace. The, there are three furnaces. There is the main furnace in the center where I assume Carlos is working, mm-hmm. but there is the fore and the aft furnace as well. We are trying to get these fires lit and stoked as high as they can so the ship can actually take off. Who is doing what? 
you can jump in with any members of the Uhuru crew. Uh, yeah. Or we can also cut over to Min and Granny Softspot, who mm. have now lashed up everything to uh, uh, Metatron. And it's a matter of hauling it all aboard to close out that little story mm. arc. It's whatever people feel. Um, I feel like Wendell... I feel like Wendell, Wendell smokes rope. Mm-hmm. I feel like Wendell probably has I like cake every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, you smoke my okay. All right. Um <laughs> I I feel like Wendell might have cuz the the goal we're trying to actually spark this flame. Yeah. Or, Wendell Wendell is I, I believe he was down uh with the group of hauling things, but he could also mm. very quickly climb the side of the ship. He is extremely strong. So very strong, very, very beefy. I, I mean, I just imagine like either Wendell or Toku probably have something to Wendell, probably like uh, a rope lighter that is mm-hmm. like better for like, you know, sparking um, than your typical apparatus apparatus. And then Toku probably also has either that or some kind of like just like matches that he keeps on him at the ready as our chef. And I feel like one of them. Or maybe both of them making a break for the thir- f- furnace to try and like actually spark up this this fire. Makes you know, sense let's, to me. Let's go to Toku because it's we we haven't checked in with Toku um, yeah. in, in a grip. So, I, and I like the idea. One of my favorite uh, matches at uh, all time in human history are these kind of uh, uh, very bright strike anywhere um, matches that existed i i think it was like in the 1800s generally but we're mm. playing in that space called lucifers um <laughs> so i love uh like toku just carrying around a pack of lucifers yes um and so i think like we i think we we see like on the we're on yeah we're on the deck um like toku is like kind of bobbing and weaving around like the silhouettes of the uh the cutting stone members and i think he's he's like at this point he's like keyed into the fact that like the rain is hitting something avoid the thing that the rain is hitting and i think he's making his way making a break for the furnace itself and they're called lucifers yeah and i think like he rushes up again like up towards carlos he looks like you could use some uh assistance and he he like pulls out this like little matchbox and maybe there's like a moment of like on there's a moment on toku's face where it's like you son of a bitch <laughs> um and it's like yes yeah, so i was like i always keep a few for the the hard to light fires and uh he like pops the like maybe he puts it underneath his uh he shields it with his body from like the rain as best as he can and then like strikes three and immediately strikes them and throws them into the furnace mm. and these shine bright i you know what in this universe why why not call them morning stars like i think that's Absolutely. pretty beautiful Absolutely. and they burn with this like bright white fire and it creates that that shape of of, of the morning star uh that that the 13 pointed star and it like they they tumble into the furnace tyler i would like you to make a roll here yeah sure why not um 
What exactly am I rolling? So for? Uh, right now it is one d eight. You are just rolling to contribute to this this furnace stoking effort. That's a four. Okay. All right. Um, we once again come to a point where I have to pull a luminary as we have canceled out successes and failures here. Mm-hmm. The children. Yes. Yeah, this this does feel like you you have pulled a lot of favorable luminaries um, here. Uh, consequence, inevitability, and eternity. Ooh, uh, nothing was unobserved, and a reckoning is coming. Well, I am gonna say inevitability. Um, uh, we do have this. Uh, fire that we are trying to light and i do believe we are going to make progress on that so i'm going to mark that off but we also have consequence um Mm. and we have this imagery of the morning star who we know is the entity that called the cutting stone to attack the uhuru in the first place so i am going to roll on the death chart as well (laughs) don't need to do that I do, though. I do. Um, And I get an eight. And an eight is Fuentes Hmm. of Daisy and Fuentes. Recently widowed Mm. to be Fuentes, formerly of Daisy and Fuentes. Fuentes uh, and Daisy were characters originally so insignificant they had zero hit points. So mm-hmm. as soon as Daisy was rolled, Daisy died. Mm-hmm. However, Fuentes uh, did have one hit point because they had the tragedy <laughs> of mm. losing mm-hmm. Daisy uh, to add to their character. Tragedy creating S- protagonists. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing. The cutting stone seek out souls in despair as Mm. their targets. So we have over in the aft furnace, we see Fuentes um, like uh, struggling to, to shovel enough dry peat into the furnace uh, without it getting wet. Their arms are, are, are failing. They are tired. And in moments like this, Fuentes would look, to Daisy, their browmate, as I will remind everybody that Daisy and Fuentes had a unibrow, but a unibrow that like kind of went off to one side. So if they put their heads together, <laughs> they would have one long eyebrow wow, across wow. them. That is one of Why the things. Why were was... we allowed to create that? Mm. <laughs> Why? JPC was on the show. There was a lot of Powerful. like questionable things added to the mythology of what we were doing. <laughs> Incredible. Um, <laughs> but without their browmate at their side, there is a faltering and we can see behind them the flash of a knife of the cutting stone stab into their side fuentes feels the pain and sorrow spread through their body like again like the arms of a river branching across the land it it moves across fuentes's soul mm-hmm. however Fuentes is not conquered yet. Fuentes has spent long weeks and months 
grieving this friend, grieving the other half of their soul. And what, how is that different from now? How is that different from this moment where the crew and the other people who have guided them through this grief depend on their ability to move? And so shaking, they take that shovel and they stick it further into the peat and they shovel on essentially no selling being stabbed in the side they did not see it happen they felt the pain they felt the sorrow but what is pain and sorrow to someone who is grieving the greatest friend they have ever known Uh, uh, and they work through it uh, and slowly the flames of the furnace rise higher not enough to bring the ship aloft though, as we continue on. Hello, heroes. It's James, your Game Master, and it's good to talk to you again. After a long stretch of editing my newest book and going to conventions, I am glad to just do a real mid-roll announcement. Speaking of that new book that I just finished editing, I have a new Ultimate RPG Guide coming out in March. It is the Ultimate RPG Game Master's Guide. So if you like the way that I run this game on this show, or any of my other shows, and if you're looking for an advice book that unpacks my approach to RPGs, The Game Master's Guide is exactly what you're looking for. I'm really proud of this book. It includes some vital advice that I don't think I've seen present in any guide that I've seen, like how to manage interpersonal conflicts. I actually got a therapist to consult on that one. And of course, there is so much more structural advice for you, like how to manage and pace the plot and encourage roleplay. Once again, that's coming out in March, wherever books are sold. You can pre-order by heading to bit.ly slash ultimate game master or bit.ly slash game master RPG. But once again, it's available wherever books are sold, including major brick and mortar like Barnes and Noble, all online retailers, and of course, your favorite friendly brick and mortar game store. And if you want to get it, be sure to pre-order because it really helps me out. Heroes, I'm hoping to see some of you in a few days at New York Comic Con. If you happen to be attending that event, I'll be joined by Jeff and John from System Mastery for the RPG Game Show Friday at 1.30 p.m., And that will be immediately followed by a signing. And usually we have much shorter lines than all the celebrities around us. So you will get a lot of personal time to just hang out with me and talk. As always, I want to send a huge thank you to our backers on Patreon. Our patrons make this show possible and everything that we produce on the network. Right now, we are back in a new season of Star Wall. We have new episodes of that coming out every other week for the next couple of months. And there's going to be new Skyjacks bonus content on the way soon. A huge thanks to everybody who supports us already, and everyone who's going to support us in the future. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Who is up next? Let's uh, let's Carlos for a bit. If uh, Carlos's furnace is now in the position where it's like uh, operating well, or does it still need to get where it needs to be? 
maybe they take a run over to like the aft furnace to get the final one going. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So Carlos dashes towards the aft furnace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, there is this chain of people shoveling into, we can see there are embers in there, um, but the fire is in a delicate position right now. Mm -hmm. It could, if it is not fed enough, it will not gather heat quickly enough. However, if it is fed too much, it could be smothered. This is one of the reasons that you have a dedicated furnace here. Mm -hmm. We're in a difficult position here, but... I think we can get the balance of it. And they go to their waist and they've abandoned the goggles, I I think, and are not concerned currently about keeping the fact that they have an eye missing under wraps and probably spook at least one person running up to this uh, line of people shoveling um, Pete into the furnace. Um, They they go to one of the, the flasks at their waist and start trying to, you know, get a steady burning ignition kind of a fluid going uh, that will help straddle that line of burning quickly and not burning quickly enough as new Pete is added. Good thing there is a generic role here because I wouldn't know what to roll for chemistry. I guess it'd be intellect. Um, oh, yep. have you, uh, sorry, just to check them. Uh, are we, we are, we're at one white. Yeah. Cool. 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 We do have a point of fate still going. Sorry. I'm losing it. Oh yeah. You do. You do you have good? plenty of fate. Yeah. Uh, spending two fate would put me to two d eight. Yeah, that is correct. Sick. Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> that's a two and a five. A two and a five on d eights. Hey, that's great. That is two successes and an opportunity. The opportunity does get canceled out, but uh, you definitely need to keep canceling out those complications. Uh, so two successes is going to stoke the fire hey. higher. All right, and. Yeah. I am happy to report uh, the fires in the furnace roar to the point where it is actually having an effect on the envelope. Um, we can see the envelope aboard the Uhuru um, slowly start to uh, uh, like push out, light up, and we can see the beginning of crimson light start to dance across the envelope as the ship is preparing itself to take flight. Um the it, it like rocks against the uh, uh, structure that you've built in the port to accommodate the ship as uh, it begins its ability to ascend. We're not quite at the point where we can ascend yet, but we are very nearly there. Mm-hmm. The cutting stone is going to attack the crew once more. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Brutal. Uh, <laughs> there are three hits that I'm going to be rolling against the death chart right this now. This is fine. It's fine. 48. So there was only one character committed to the most recent action. So that doesn't affect anyone. Nine. That definitely affects someone. Okay. I'm going to deal with that in one second. And 13 is also going to affect uh, the death chart. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, this is huge. Uh This is absolutely enormous. So, the first character that I rolled on the Uhuru death chart is Overboard. Overboard is the HR pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Overboard being the HR pirate does have more than one hit point. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah he does. So, <laughs> we cut to 
overboard. Uh, like everybody is on these lines in front of uh, the furnaces, um, uh, like working to shovel, working to keep the peat dry, working to uh, make sure like uh, peat is is dried out using various like like magical techniques and whatnot. Overboard has to move up and down these lines because some of these crew members are working overtime shifts. And so he has to uh, do the paperwork, get them to like document like, okay, your overtime shift is starting now, you see. (laughs) No. You're not helping. (laughs) Believe you me, you'll be thankful when you get the extra coin in your coffers. There are men who fought and died and struck for these rights, and you'd be well to honor their legacy now. I just need you to sign here and initial here. Um, Behind you. I'm being stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's this behind me, you say? Overboard turns around and manages to, like, see... I think Overboard is someone who's got an eye patch. Mm. Uh, So Overboard has also lost an eye. Does not have a magical flower that Mm. uh, allows them to see through that eye or anything, but carries enough death within their living body uh, that Overboard sees, like, the faintest glint of a a cutting stone knife in the air mm. and there was a warning calling out that like the cutting stone is stalking the crew so overboard raises up the pile of paperwork <laughs> as the knife stabs <laughs> down and the point stops just before it would reach uh overboard's chest and heart uh overboard stumbles back and looks at the hole in the paper and goes ah there's so much extra paperwork to do now <laughs> Curses! <laughs> get under! Get under! No. Get in the ship! No. So over, overboard is fine. However, I also rolled a 13 mm-hmm. on the Uhuru death chart <laughs> for a character who normally would have more than one hit point. However, this character is portrayed normally by Johnny O'Mara. Mm. And. Without Johnny to support them, I don't know that those hit points count. Well, you this can't is, change it now. That's not this fair. This is Fella Ferretti. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no! Our current head cook uh, aboard mm. the Uhuru um, and Guy Fieri analog aboard the ship. I will take their one hit point down to zero. You can't. If some. If some well, it's down to zero, so they're not dead not yet. Dead, they yeah. haven't been hit you on the zero. Not. <laughs> um, and Liz, since you are so defensive of Fella Ferretti, yes. I would like you to describe Fella Ferretti's near death, but but not actual death experience. Uh, Fella Ferretti, known coward, has been <laughs> underneath most of this time because sometimes the best thing you could do to help is just getting out of the way. But he forgot something very, very important on the top side, and that is <laughs> that is um oh, mm-hmm. he his safety goggles. He's making a particularly mm-hmm. potent soup, and he always needs to wear his safety goggles. <laughs> Typically, they're on the back of his head, but he couldn't find them. <laughs> So he's damn I'm cutting it. up all these onions and the flavors blasting my face and eyes. 
damn it all to hell, he has to finish this soup. So he goes topside to go search for his safety goggles. Mm -hmm. And all you see in the dark and the thunderstorms are flashes of white tips, almost (laughs) ghost-like appearing in different areas of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> frosting if you will until he gets to the one of the main masts and realizes like oh damn this is a pretty flavorsome situation that i no. find myself in perhaps no. too powerfully flavorful because sometimes the best flavor is well-balanced flavor and as he's talking to himself a part of the cutting stone like really just gets him through the mouth <laughs> like <laughs> misses his tongue so he's still got the taster in there but he can't dock anymore <laughs> <The taster. laughs> and that's why he doesn't yeah. sound like johnny anymore <laughs> right pouring, <laughs> we go. pouring from his mouth is a mixture of blood and donkey sauce <laughs> um, no. yeah. as, as he just he's, he's got like a it would normally be like a suicide capsule that you bite down hard on, <laughs> but it's filled with donkey sauce. Yeah. Keep it in those yeah. emergencies. <laughs> You'll never take me unseasoned. Yes. <laughs> he falls down and it pulls through his mouth and then he reaches up to says someone and says, why so curious? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. That is the attack of the Cutting Stone against the Uhuru crew. I think it's time to cut down to the ground to the line of pallets that are lashed up to uh, the powerful back mm. of our, our dear friend Flea being commanded by Granny Softspot and Min. So what are what's happening down there? We I think we need really just a roll to haul this stuff aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, yeah, I... There's probably some kind of like, that's enough. Uh, Whatever we have, we're going to make do with. And so, again, Granny holds up her cane, like the handle in the air, and just kind of like smacks a flea on the backside to get him up and in the air. All right. Well, it doesn't need to be in the air because like literally it just needs to walk forward Mm -hmm. onto the ship. uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be rolling two d8s because we have Min, Granny, Softspot, mm-hmm. and Flea uh, committed to this action. Um, and that is an eight and a three. Eight and a three. Let's see here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, dip. Okay, so it's actually just a failure. You do get two mm-hmm. uh, huh. f- points of fate from this, but Flea takes a step forward, and there is too much weight against him. Like everybody, everybody is pulling alongside Flea. Everybody's trying to haul mm-hmm. these pallets forward, but right now there's too much weight holding people back because there is a failure. We get another roll on the Uhuru death chart. Mm. That is a ninety-seven, so no one suffers for that failure. Okay. But like right now, there there is too much weight. Uh, we, we we need more force behind this effort to haul things aboard the ship. What do you do? Mm. Uh, Min uh, has teen daring do, but not absurd physical strength. Uh, <laughs> but I think 
Well, there is another character we could commit to this action. Yeah. Who does have absurd physical strength. <laughs> and that is Wendell Barge, mm. who happens to be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendell would take a new roll up to 2d8s and 1d6. Mm. Uh, you also have several points of fate. Nathan, you're you're in charge of this one. Oh, so, sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, what are you going to do? I, I did, I did um, roll for Carlos, didn't I? But... Um... Uh, we're we're playing in a nebulous space. This is the crew. Fair Everybody enough. controls. Oh the yeah, crew. yeah, uh, yeah. No, well, that 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 sounds good. So that is two d eight, one d six. Did you say? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, huh. uh, Wendell, I think hand in the pouring ring reaches out of frame to kind of also grab alongside the harness attached to flea and starts to pull alongside with the necrotic super powered arm. Like <laughs> okay. Uh, on the D eight, that is a seven and an eight, and on the six, okay. it is a six. Okay, you no, know, that sounds good to me. <laughs> it is. It is good. You have opportunities here. However, we once again hit a situation where successes and failures cancelled out, and we must consult the luminaries. <sighs> The bounty, though, comes. Mm. Uh, the bounty is unambiguously positive for uh, the crew. All working together, I think this hauls the procession aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. And it does so in a way that we don't have to worry about um, any any further roles in the death chart. Wendell truly made the difference. Mm. Um, I, I think it is Wendell, like put himself in a position that really leverages his arm mm-hmm. um, uh, more so than anything else. Um, but with that, like this dragging procession starts moving things across the ground, What whatever logs and things that you have set out to roll the pallets, like starts moving, flea scrambles onto the ship and the, the heavy pallets move behind them. The Uhuru is now has plenty of peat aboard the ship. You are not going to have to worry about what would have happened if you looked like you were falling uh, short of your intended uh, destinations. Mm-hmm. So bully for you. Let's cut to the the top deck once more. There is just a little bit more that the, the furnace has to go before those fires are lit enough to uh, get things into the air. At this point, the furnaces are lit. It is a question of of bellows. Normally in the air, when the ship is moving through the sky, there are ways to capture wind and funnel them into furnaces so that they can be stoked quite quickly. However, on the ground, there are still manual bellows that need to be pumped. Mm. So what does that effort look like? Mm. There was a lot of people with the kind of a lot of the at least the young members of the crew kind of scattered out to kind of help with the the shoveling right, and now the task has changed, so it yeah. feels almost uh, Pikmin esque. <laughs> people are now filing back onto the ship and scurrying around to the new <laughs> new position. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Feel people like, are gathering around. I feel like it's in a similar shot where it's like the we watch the the a top down shot of the the mob sl- get back on the get back on the ship and then we see like uh i mean who would be who would be handing them out but like somebody's handing out i, I just imagine like uh tight shots of like someone handing billows to like 
pet, like pet people as they like snatch them up and like rush towards the furnace to like really get the the air going and mm-hmm. uh let's say what's jane doing it's either jane or or my my the first person i saw was timmy the lips a <laughs> uh, uh, jane i i think is is a a great person to lead an yeah. effort uh, that that is the position that she puts herself in uh generally speaking mm. uh so we've got uh, Jane uh, on her own, 1d8, but you do have a pile of four points of fate to spend uh, as you like. Pile of so Two points. All right. Two points. Okay. So that is 2d8 and a d6. That and that d6. So that is going to be on the d8, a seven and a three. Mm-hmm. On the d6, a two. Hey, you have a success. So that does get you one step closer to the Uhuru being able to take off. Mm. I think like you, the ship is now raises to the points where you're able to undo the ties that you had on the ground that were positioning it in the dock. Mm. The ship is going to be ready to pull away into the air eminently. The, The crimson on the sails is burning bright and high. Um... You also, uh, I, I think, now have like pulled into the air to the point where you had opportunities. And I'm going to say uh, the wind tubes, like the wind battering the ship is strong enough that it could actually work to help stoke the furnaces mm. at this point. So the next roll is going to be juiced. You are going to have a volatility dive rolling in your favor for helping the ship take off. Mm. Let's, let, let's cut over to... Uh, I want to actually cut to Oromar. Oromar, your spiritual form is aboard the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you are one of the only people capable of fighting against the Cutting Stone um, mm. as it attacks the crew. I I just want to know what Oromar is doing to to aid in that effort. Okay. Uh, it feels like uh, kicking ass just as the soul is is a magic role. Uh, but, uh, I did spend a bar of magic. One of the, uh, one of the abilities in, in, in our, in our designing session was, uh, soul transfer, uh, a passive ability where I can spend vitality to recover points in magic. Oh yeah. We did not discuss about the ratio of point of, uh, vitality spent to magic spend, whether it's one to one or like two to one. I think it would be two to one because vitality is like cheaper than than uh stat points sounds good i'm gonna spend six vitality to get me back up by three points putting me at four points of magic perfect um i have to do some maths sorry uh yeah okay yeah i think we we we, when we last saw it was having formed back into a an approximation of oromar i i think it's not i think it's not a perfect replica uh, there is a there is a little bit of I mean we already kind of described the the soul space is slightly technological and I think this is if Oromar was hewn from chunks of crystal very fighting polygon team energy mm-hmm. 
and this this sole manifestation of uh, of Oromar steps onto the ship and uh, pulls. I, I think this form has like is holding a sword, even though you know weapons are, are arbitrary. Just this kind of reflection of Oromar is always armed with a sword. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to spend a bunch of points of magic and start going to town, uh, trying to rebuff the advances of the cutting stone Ooh, roll um, your attack sure we uh my magic base is 1d8 and 1d6 if i spend spending one point would upgrade that to 2d8 okay hell yeah with a second point upgrade that to 1d12 1d8 you wouldn't uh, yes yes it would sure okay so i'm going to spend two points of magic and roll 1d12 and 1d8 that is a five on the D12 and a three on the D8. Okay. Uh, so what I think is happening, you rolled a bunch of opportunities um, and uh, mm. another point of fate here. So what I think Oromar is doing is merely drawing the attention of the cutting stone and positioning them away from uh, the mm-hmm. efforts to fuel the fire. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Oromar like, is basically like, clashing knocking aside blows from cutting stone but rather than trying to cut them down he is trying to draw them towards him yeah and i i think there is even Oromar is going through a very difficult uh emotional psychic period right now because he is being burned for his sins right like that that is still uh pain that his body that, that he is spiritually experiencing um but also the cutting stone are attracted to sorrow and guilt and such mm. so Oromar is using the pain from the fire that is burning him for sin to prevent himself from falling completely into despair. But he is also focusing on those painful memories so that he can call out to the cutting stone and draw himself forward as a target. Mm. So it is this kind of harrowing and heroic scene as Oromar darts across the deck and desperately fights back a a larger and larger wave of opponents. What I've done in the past hurts me more than your knives ever will. All right, Tyler, we need somebody to take us home on lighting yep. this furnace. Mm-hmm. Give give me one more action from a member of the crew to finish us off. I, I think it's time to take out the big guns. I think we need bathroom berry. <laughs> <laughs> Crawling I mean, out of the tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is cannon berry. Cannon berry. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is out of cannon. Uh all right, so I feel like there is a <laughs> it's crazy you wouldn't hear it but like you feel like uh like footsteps like like coming up from below deck and i think that there is a like you see barry explode out from below deck with a tarp covering up uh like something mm-hmm. and we see like uh Barry comes like make way make way and uh i feel like the 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 folks that are still on the 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 deck that are kind of like fighting off the cutting stone like try to like push and maneuver and just like 
clear a path for Barry to get there. And I think Barry runs up and then like uh pulls off the tarp to reveal like here's the thing, like you're you're a craftsman of your of of balsa wood. That means you always have like a supply of scrap and like mm. loose pieces of balsa. And so I think he takes these loose pieces and essentially just like chucks them into the the furnace and it like acts as a as a level of like more kindling and just like throw like it's also very, very very soft, very light, very easy to like burst into flame. And I think that adds to the the overall f- like heat that we're trying to accumulate. Mm-hmm. What a sacrifice. Yeah. Tyler, roll balsa. your 2d8. Yaw. You were going to be. He had plans for that balsa. Dice. Boom. Uh, that is a six and a one. A six mm. and a one. Excellent. Excellent. We have the successes we need to take this All ship right. into the air. Yeah. With the balsa yes. wood, the fires and the Uhuru roar to life, the crimson of the Uhuru sails lights up the night. Every occupant of Haven across the island can see the crimson red in the sky as the Uhuru rises up. It is immediately buffeted by winds. Uh, and we can see Bowser now returned to the helm, uh, holding tight on the wheel, pulling on the levers to get the side sails back into position. But the Uhuru is able to take flight. We can see Metatron soaring towards the ship uh, and uh, finding purchase, I, I think, uh, on like the, the grips in the side to welcome uh, the, the griffins back into the hull of the ship. But it is actually able to pull away. We can see Cerise silently watching the ship pull into the sky, kind of underlit by the silver fires near the river where she stands with her iron crook looking up at the sky, signing towards whether it is Gable or the Uhuru, we do not know. But the sign is, right wrongs, do mercies, take flight. So we see Nodos going through the the corridors and hallways aboard the Uhuru down uh, to the meticulously kept bathrooms uh, on the lower decks of the Uhuru. He gently pushes open the balsa wood door and is met not just with the beautiful visage of the marbled bathroom uh, with beautiful dark wood paneled walls and many carved and molded sconces uh, and beautiful pipeworks aboard the Uhuru, but also with bathroom berry. 
the ship's quartermaster and bathroom attendant, pointing at an identical copy of Bathroom Barry, the ship's quartermaster and bathroom attendant. Uh, uh I'm the real Bathroom of Barry. Shoot I him. was just uh, Bathroom Barry. Oh, I was yeah. hoping to make use of the facilities. Um. I don't know. It's not exactly an urgent matter, but no I don't knows, know you that I. Leave. <laughs> you can't oh, leave. Oh, I don't know that I have time to deal with all of this. No, no, you I, cannot leave. All right. This is, this is, uh, uh, I knew this day would come in order for me to work so quickly and diligently with all the balsa wood and materials here. I had to clone myself. And so there. means, no, those. Please make yourself at home and use the facilities. Uh, we'll be here resolving. All right, right now I am inclined to just believe one of you because that does seem like the quickest route to, again, the sort of pressing reason that I came here, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. bathroom related. Yes. So, yes, uh, so no doze. Take out your javelin and javelin this b- other berry, this fake berry. You Please. don't need to do that. All you just need to do is settle down and enjoy your time here. Well, we have a discussion about the person who needs to be decommissioned. You've been slacking, Bathroom Barry. I'd, I, I wouldn't never... clone somebody like you. you. You're not up to standards. I am not a clone. I am the original, the OGB, OG Barry. All right. <laughs> And and at that, he takes out a knife that is clearly carved out of balsa wood. And I, I'm prepared to fight to the death for what is mine. Okay. My... If your duties are too numerous for you to handle on your own, you can delegate. There are other people aboard the crew, and you, you technically occupy, like, a position of authority. There's no need to clone yourself or, or or anything like that to see your duties done, Barry. This would be <laughs> a delightful lesson for us to have learned uh, before we went on this uh, Faustian bargain that we set ourselves on, but uh, ultimately... Why is your clone slightly southern? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's where I'm at. It's uh, uh, the 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 berries degrade over time. All right, <laughs> they start out they start out smooth, and, and then at some at a certain point it becomes southern, and that's when they start to get ideas, and that's usually when it's a good idea to to get rid of them. Which I'm sorry, but I have to do. And he turns the knife back on on <laughs> the the clone berry. Stand oh, down. Oh, Barry, I know all of your moves. And the moment that you kind of turn around, there is a similar uh, mirror image pose of this bathroom, Barry, with the same kind of balsa wood knife held point to point. Now, and... I'm aware that every question I ask is one more step away from the bathroom that I, again, did come here to use and I'm it wasn't an urgent you. issue you initially, but by all means is getting more sense. urgent by the sec. I just, how many clones in are we? Did it jump to Southern right away? Was there another variation on Bathroom Barry before we got here? Oh, well, it, it did start immediately with Southern, but through time and research and crafting with Dref, we made, we managed to push out the Southern phase by, uh, months. 
and and that it was it was a happy life we could we could have the the berries we needed to get the work that needed to be done done and then we had time to dispose of them but now the the southern the southerning is is happening faster the <laughs> the, uh, and the, this is all being delivered while there is like matched d- yeah. knife fighting <laughs> all over there's there's somehow there's sparks being fl- flown from the the balsa wood knives mm-hmm. um uh, over time uh because the bathroom is so large and we continue to move down this kind of like endless <laughs> corridor of uh, various stalls and baths available uh, and eventually <laughs> there is a privacy curtain for what has been for the longest time marked as the private bathroom and as far as nobody knows and nobody's used it you, you want to know how many previous barriers there were don't do this don't do I'm this not- not necessarily. Again, mostly my interest is related to using the facilities, but I have been kind of swept up in all of this, and it feels like you're going to reveal well, something to me Let me tell me you anyway. how many barriers I have been fighting Sure. Go, fine. Yes, please. Pulling back the private bathroom curtain for a floor-to-ceiling clear glass tube of uh, just multiple barriers, uh, innumerable and suspended animation within. It feels like this adds a lot of weight to the ship, Barry. I, again, I know it's not my department. I know technically you are higher up on me in in the order of command, but it just feels like this is a lot of weight to dedicate to one part of the ship, one set of duties aboard the ship. You're in this now. and died for you, no doubt. Get back in that tube where you belong. Never. <laughs> I will avenge what? my brethren. I thought we disposed of the previous berries. You put them in tubes? They're in tubes them? until we port. <laughs> until so this is po- just how many berries <laughs> have been disposed of between ports? In the last fortnight, yes. <laughs> Barry, buddy, come on. You have to free us. <laughs> You've got to... You've got to be able to just take a half step out of this and just come on and see it the way that I'm seeing it. Can you do, do you that? Want, do you want your bathrooms this clean? And then they both take a a like a perfect pause so we can all take in the beauty and majesty of this marble bathroom. And then they start back up again. Do you want the bathrooms this clean? Okay, admittedly, yes, I do. I, 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 there is no part of me that wants us to return to the way bathrooms were before and the way bathrooms have been on other ships that I have experienced. But, but now you know the truth, Nodos. You have two <laughs> options. You can either fight for the barriers that have been slain in this uh, illicit, disgusting ritual that has been wrought, or you can perish before you can spread the word. I will say, though, I will say, though, it is an important distinction. The berries that are in that tube are not technically dead. All right. They are in a state of of, they are a frozen state uh, of cryo sleep. Uh, They will be disposed. And and when we get to port, but as they they could pop off at a moment's notice, which is why I need to slay you and you can't be. (laughs) But what are the souls, Barry? My my choice is to either have clean bathrooms 
or write the the cosmic injustice that has been written by creating lives just to be disposed of what looks like in the countless dozens. Is that what I'm to understand? You're picking up what we're putting down, you. Yeah? All right. Nodos throws the spear directly into the chest of the clone Barry. <laughs> Look, man, you got to sort out your shit, okay? <laughs> I will. I will. do. We just have to get rid of – we, we got to get to port, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of this last cryo tube, and then I'm going straight. I'm going Wait, straight okay. back to the way it was. Lurid right. pink ichor splatters across <laughs> the ground from the back of Slain Barry as uh, it walks across the the perfect tiled floor over to Nodos. Before I go, yeah, your short collar is askew. And he adjusts it slightly <laughs> and then slumps to his knees. Beautiful. Look, man, I know you went on a vacation recently, but we, we got to figure out something because you are way too, you're way, you're in way too deep. No, you're no, in no, way too deep. No, 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 no. no, no it says as he's disappearing in one of the stalls and closes the door. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. See, his blood is also a cleaning solution. I'm cleaning up. It'll be gone by the time you, by the time you get out. Don't tell, don't tell Gable. Don't tell Gable. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT. Or streaming at twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become, or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. 
Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.